The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Welcome to Passion, the show about love, sex, and relationships. Tonight, Tuesday, what, what do we do every Tuesday? We answer questions. I answer questions. It is Trouble Tuesday. So if you have any questions about sex, love, relationships, send them along. 514-800 to text in. You can call in at 514-790-0800. Some people like to email them. That's cool, too. You can do that at uh, laurie at drlaurie.com. So I do get often enough questions from men about erectile functioning, often stating that uh, nothing works, they're diabetic, is there hope? Uh, so because of that, I'm asking, or I asked, a diabetic specialist and researcher to join us in the first few minutes of the program to answer some of these questions. Ernest Kwanza, he is the author of uh, Diabetics Journey. He's the founder of JustForDiabetics.com, and he joins us on the line right now. Hi, Ernest. Hello. Hi. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me back. Pleasure. All right. So let's um, let's talk first about how diabetes, which is rather common, and maybe you can even tell us how common it is, but how it affects sexuality. Okay. So right now, 11% of Canadians are diabetics. Wow. So when we look at diabetes as a whole, only 10% are type 1, the type that requires insulin injection. The other 90% are all the type 2. Mm-hmm. And the type 2 is acquired through lifestyle choices, basically the food you eat. So how does diabetes affect a person's li- uh, sexual life? It, it, it affects the same way that it affects the heart. For instance, when we eat too much refined sugar, that refined sugar finds its way into our bloodstream where it converts into fat. And, cu- and the fat coats the red blood cells preventing them from transporting the, fa- uh, uh, the sugar from our bloodstream into our muscles and to use as energy. So that same sugar buildup in our body eventually beginning to cause uh, heart disease, liver failure, blindness, including impotence. Right, right. And I, I, what I understood in, in some of the research is that when men start to experience erectile dysfunction regularly, one of the things they absolutely should check for is uh, is their heart, is uh, their sugars, all of these things, because um, erectile dysfunction could be a precursor or the first one of the first signs that something is up, and that later on will they they will develop uh, some kind of heart uh, problem, for example. Exactly, that is very true. Because the same um, condition that causes the heart disease causes the erectile dysfunction, and so. You're a man and you're beginning to experience this, you need to see your doctor right away. Often they will do a blood test to measure the level of sugar content in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. That's how the test is usually determines um, where the person stands. And also, people also have to understand the psychological effect on a man who cannot sexually perform right. or who's having difficulties with sexuality. Right. And the effect that has on the man's partner. Right. So, 
this is not just about one person who is suffering uh, or, or struggling with erectile dysfunction. It extends to family members or friends or partners. Of course, and of course, this is what I see is often people who are distressed, couples who come in and they're distressed because uh, they don't know what to do in order to help themselves uh, with this erectile uh, dysfunction, and it can create a, a a rift in couples simply because there's an avoidance of sex and then there's a misinterpretation and all, there's all kinds of psychological effects. But oftentimes, men will ask me that will say they've tried, they're not candidates, let's say, for something like Viagra. Why would a diabetic man who is who has an erectile dysfunction, why would something like Viagra not work? So Viagra does not remove uh, sugar, sugar buildup from your bloodstream. Right. What Viagra actually does is it allows more blood into the penis so that the man can have an erection. Right. If the, the, the dysfunction is caused by diabetes or sugar buildup, the best solution is for the person to take out sugar from the diet completely. Okay. This inc- yeah, this includes eating fruits on an empty stomach, not touching any uh, uh, sweet drinks, Mm-hmm. All those things are a good way of trying to recover. But the most important thing they can do for themselves, themselves is once you take all these things out of your, you, you, all these sweets out of your diet, you need to exercise and burn the sugar out of your body, mm-hmm. and that is relatively easy. So what happens is that when the sugar is burned off, the body begins to return to normal, and that will also restore the person's sexual sexuality. Um. Will it, like, that's a, really? Without any other help from medication or anything? I don't, I don't believe that medication, because Viagra is really not about, uh, Viagra is for old people who cannot have erection, and it's not because they are sick, it's basically because they are old. So we are talking about diabetes and how it affects sexual function. Yeah. So in that case, so the person has to focus on the root cause, and the root cause of the diabetes is the sugar. Right. And the most recent uh, uh, research showed that sugar actually does more damage to our bodies than we realize. The thing that I find when I do my research or give talks is that the information doesn't actually get out to people. Mm. People don't know that. This is why it's like a rabbit hole. You go in one way and you come out the same way. So, <laughs> you know, my whole thing is that get information out and educate people. Right. And you do that well with your book. Ernest Kwanzaa is my guest. He's a diabetic specialist and researcher, uh, the author of a new book called Diabetics Journey and uh, the founder of the website JustForDiabetics.com to learn more. We do need to learn more because the, there's, it's, there's just so much of it. Um, in terms of the effects of type, the, uh, the rarer type of diabetes, the one that where you need insulin and all of that, what is the effect that on sexual functioning? Well, the, the type 1 diabetes, um, they use insulin. So their body actually functions. Okay. Provided that they continue to take the insulin. So it doesn't have a lot of effect on their sexuality. The type 2 is a dangerous one because, first of all, it's not painful. And because it has so much sugar in your body, it makes it difficult for your body to function normally. Right. Basically, that is the secret that I want people to understand. There's just too much sugar buildup, and the body will not function normally. And the, that same sugar will cause liver failure and all other um, problems, including blindness. 
Right. So what, if you can manage their life properly, then everything will be fine. So li- obviously lifestyle f- for any problem is a, is a good place to start. Is there medications that type 2 diabetics take that impact their erectile functioning? I don't know of any of the medications because most medications are generally, uh, for instance, metformin is given to diabetes, uh, diabetics in order for them to eat, eat, eat sugar. Mm-hmm. Now, people don't know that, right? So if your condition is caused by sugar buildup in your body and you are taking a medication that is given to you so you can eat more sugar, uh-huh. that that's, not, that's having the opposite effect. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not going to do anything for you. So you take out sugar. And for instance, I have, I have a program on my website that will help people get off sugar and, 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 and transform their, their body and their, and their personal life. It's quite... Quite an addiction, sugar is, huh? Like you, you start it, to realize what an addiction it is. Sugar is. So there's a secret to, uh, you know, kicking the sugar habit. You are right. Sugar is more, far more addictive than cocaine. <laughs> it is. The research shows that because the brain loves it. When you take sugar, the brain just wants more and more and more. You keep going yeah, back. Yeah. What I find is that proper exercise and healthy eating actually makes you feel so healthy and so good that you don't crave the sugar anymore. Very true. Very true. It, it's the, amazing. It's amazing when you cut it out how you stop craving it. Anyway, for people who want more information, they can go to your website, justfordiabetics.com, or get the book, Diabetics Journey. Thank you so much for illuminating us on uh, the effects of uh, diabetes. I, we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ernest Kwanzaa. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care now. Uh, this is Trouble Tuesdays tonight. We answer your questions, and that was a general uh, answering questions of diabetes, medication, and erectile functioning. Uh, coming up, lots of other questions from you that I got about uh, positions and other erectile issues and relationship issues. All of that covered. Relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. That means I spend the whole hour answering your questions. 514-800 to text in. You can call in. 514-790-0800. You can email me anytime during the week as well as I answer questions at the beginning of every show. Lori at Dr. Lori. Dot com or through your iHeartRadio app. Uh, first uh, texter, I'm divorced and cannot find anyone. I'm 56, I look 40. What's your advice? With all that's available to us, how is it that you're not connecting with anybody? So I'm going to ask you, are you online? Are you dating the way everybody seems to be dating? And, and that's all ages, uh, first of all. There's even like websites and dating sites for people over 50. If you're looking for that, if you're looking for anybody younger, um, you could try any of the dating apps. Even uh, there are older people who are on uh, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, uh, what else? Uh, Match.com, eHarmony. There's so many available. There's some special interest. There's some if you have an STI. There's uh, 
there are so many different dating app options that you can go through. I mean, you could do it the regular way and, and go out and join a, um, some kind of activity, a group activity. Uh, you can join a club. You uh, can do some sports activity where you can meet other people. Uh, you can join a community, your community service, your community um, or organization, a church, a synagogue, whatever it is that find out what your community is organizing and go to some of these events. You can try speed dating. Speed dating is a great option for meeting people face to face. Uh, I would suggest you go to EliteSpeedDating.com and sign up and they'll tell you when they have uh, an event going on in your area or, or with your, uh, in your age category that you choose. So there's many options, but you have to, you have to do the work. It's not, nobody's going to show up at your door. It's just not going to happen that easily. Uh, it's very much like if you're looking for a relationship, like looking for a job. I know it sounds horrible to look for love in that way, but you've got to make it a priority. So you have to focus and find all the avenues that are open to you. And most people I speak to who are on these dating apps, it's true. You hear a lot of horror stories and you hear a lot of disappointments and blah, blah, but you also hear a lot of good stuff. Like I hear a lot of success stories and people who have met, even people who meet through Instagram because Instagram, it's people follow each other because they have the same interests, for example. And so they private message each other. I know people who've met even through Facebook. Uh, Facebook has an app now. I don't know if it's live yet, but they have a, a dating section on there, uh, like a, some, something that you press and you can be part of their dating pool or what have you. So I know, so there's all kinds of things available. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no excuse for not getting out there. Put it that way. If anybody else has any other options or want to help out this divorced person who's 56, uh, Please share, share your tidbits. It's always helpful. Kind of like a little bit of a, a group therapy kind of situation here. Uh, hi, Laura. I'm average size or maybe just under average, but when I get erections, they are rock hard and don't stick straight out perpendicular, but more of a 45 degree angle. That's the way it should be. Uh, I could almost pick up my girlfriend with my Johnson. <laughs> uh, women have commented on how hard they are and seem to enjoy being on top of me the most during sex. My question is, do guys with larger penises get this hard or are they just bigger and softer? Okay, uh, they could, but um, you need to know something about penises, first of all, erect and non-erect. So non-erect penis, uh, you can, you could be uh, standing side by side. Yours could be three inches non-erect. The guy next to you could be five inches non-erect. And when you both get an erection, you'll be at the same six inches, for example. So we call the erection the great equalizer in many ways. So it's that's not telling of anything. But yes, they just because it's bigger doesn't mean uh, it's not going to get as firm. 
uh, it is just it has bigger chambers, so it will fill up with uh, with blood. As for uh, being on top, a lot of women really enjoy that position because they can control the um, sometimes the depth of of the penetration, but also the pressure that's applied on the whole clitoral area. So not just internally, but also externally, and that's something that uh, that that helps, uh, that some women find, uh, very appealing. So women on top is often a, a preferred position, um, in fact, for women. I don't know if that answers your question, but, uh, that's the way it is. Uh, Sean from Rosemont says, Buen ano, Dr. Lori, thank you. I'm 49 and taking an ACE inhibitor for blood pressure, which I feel impedes my ability to become hard. My doctor is female and we have frank discussions about my sex life. Good. But all she does is keep prescribing Cialis 20 milligrams. Well, does the Cialis work? Because you want to counter the uh the blood pressure meds with something that can open up those blood vessels so unfortunately uh, some of these meds do cause some some erectile dysfunction and you may notice a difference remember it's about the blood pressure so getting the pressure into the erection so uh if cialis works for you then take it uh, I don't know what else to that that could be offered to you, except uh, is there another way to lower your blood pressure? Is it about your lifestyle choices, like we talked about diabetes earlier in the program? So if you if there are things you can do to, to improve your health through lifestyle changes, do that. And some people who make major changes like lose lose weight, go on particular diets or what have you, do find that their blood pressure gets better, their cholesterol gets better, their uh, diabetes uh, symptom or their the indicators for diabetes go down. So there is definitely something to be said about uh, uh, taking care of your uh, of your health in that way. Uh, so again, let me know. I, I'm curious to know if you tried the Cialis after that prescription. Another question, similar to another one that we got here. I was told by my girlfriend when the man is on top, um, doesn't do anything for the lady, whereas when she is on top, she can move around and get more satisfaction, orgasm. I wonder, is this true for all women? You can't, we can't generalize to all people. Like, not all women need direct clitoral stimulation. Not all women need that kind of pressure. You still have about 20, 25% of women who like the internal, uh, so who will, who can have orgasms through penetration alone without necessarily a grinding action, for example. But the majority of women, many women, do uh, enjoy the woman on top position because it gives them more flexibility of movement. And when they can move around, they can move their pelvis in areas, you know, in such a way as to improve uh, or to apply the pressure that they need. But we are all different. Sexually speaking, we are all different. We all have different needs. And it, what's important is to find out what your partner needs, not what all women do. Uh, we can generalize. To, to be a good lover, you have to be in tune to your partner and find out what do you need and what do I need to do to, uh, to help you along in that way. 
Uh, Dr. Laurie, I am a 44-year-old male, and my wife can't say the words, I love you, kiss me, or hold hands. I am a very hands-on guy. Any suggestions on how to reignite her passion? So first, before thinking about how to reignite her passion, first I'd want to ask, was the passion ever there? Was she ever demonstrative? Is this something new? Uh, I would want to evaluate the relationship. So going to therapy as a couple would be your best option here, uh, at least to start talking about communication. Everybody has a different language of love. Your language of love is through shows of affection and through the words. Maybe her language of love is through acts of service and not affection. For some people, affection comes naturally. And for other people, it doesn't come so naturally. It, it takes quite an effort and not because they don't want to or feel the love, they either were raised in, a, in in such a way that affection wasn't a big part of their life or what have you. So it's a, quite possible that this is the kind of thing, um, and this is why somebody expresses their love in that way. So what's important is to discover what is my partner's language of love and have an understanding of that. So therapy can really help you do that. If you need a, a referral or a recommendation, just email me and I'd be happy to do that for you. Uh, coming up, I'll answer a question about, for someone who has difficulty with uh, ejaculation and any other questions you want to send my way at 514-800. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. I'm here to answer your questions about love, sex, and relationships tonight. 514-800 to text in your questions or your comments if you want to help out any of our uh, are people who are asking uh, their questions. Uh, so here's one about uh, ejaculation. I find it really difficult to ejaculate. I think I must have damaged my prostate when I was younger, and maybe that is preventing me from ejaculating now. I'm not sure. I don't think it's that I can't produce semen because I've been able to produce what's best described as a dribble before. Is there anything you might think is the cause and any possible solutions? So I don't have that much information to go on, but let me give it a shot here. Um, I don't think it's likely that you damaged your prostate through masturbation, uh, but there is a possibility that you may be experiencing what we call retrograde ejaculation, uh, but that would only be the case if you have the sensation of an orgasm with nothing or very little coming out. It means that when you ejaculate, it's going back into your bladder rather than out of your penis. Now, this is not harmful in any way, uh, and it don't, really only affects you if you're trying to make a baby, for example. Um, but it would still be important to check out to see if there's some underlying problem. Some causes could be, uh, like, again, I don't have much information to go on, but it could be the result of, of uh, uh, bladder, testicle, or, or some kind of prostate surgery. Could be a side effect of a medication that you're taking. It could be... Um, it could be nerve damage by a, a, something like diabetes. Again, we talked about that earlier today. Um, so 
like the, I would need to have a whole lot more uh, information. The other thing too is I would want uh, to clarify whether you find it impossible or just difficult. Meaning, can you sometimes and sometimes not? In which situations? Is it in all situations? Is it with masturbation and with a partner? Is it only with a partner? Uh, so, like, those are some of those things that I would I would want to know because that's if that's the case, that's a completely different uh, diagnosis. So, if you're having trouble sometimes, then it might even be related to the kind of stimulation that you're using. So, it's kind of hard to tell, and this is why. A, a complete psychosexual evaluation is required whenever there's some kind of sexual difficulty because it could be related to so many things. Our sexuality is complex uh, and we're all different and there are biological, social, cultural, uh, relationship. Uh, it's a bio-physio-social those are the elements, right? There's a, we're, we're made up of all those elements. And so we have to be able to look at all those things to see and to properly diagnose uh, a problem. So I can give you some general answers with this, but specifically you would really need to speak to a sex specialist to be able to diagnose it properly along with a doctor who would be able to do the examination and whatever, whether you need um, an ultrasound or something like that. Uh, this is an interesting question. Can retrograde ejaculation be sometimes equally applicable to women as well? No, no. It's all about, uh, this is a, a physiological, uh, functional thing where it's about the, the, uh, um, the transportation of the ejaculate that comes out. So it's not the same, um, for women. Are you thinking about female ejaculation and whether it goes back into the bladder? I, I've not heard of that. So, uh, but no, it really is about, uh, about the, uh, the ejaculate for men. All right. Uh, let's see. C could it be the way they masturbate as in pressure on the penis? It could be. It, I'm not sure that it's, uh, uh, that that would cause, that kind of, uh, of damage in terms of ejaculation though. But you, I mean, you could damage a penis. There's no question about it, depending on sometimes how somebody uh, masturbates could be uh, damaging, but you, you would feel pain. You would notice certain things. So I'm not sure that that's really, uh, what it is. Uh, in answer to our person who's looking for love at 56 and divorced, uh, here's a little bit of, uh, advice from one of our texters. Uh, you could join the West Island Singles 40 plus meetup group. So meetup groups are a great way as well. And those you could find online. If you go to meetup groups and you type in like the kind of groups that you are looking for, you might find, uh, quite a few actually, but this one is, I guess, uh, for Montreal in the West End. So that's a good thing too. Another question, does uh, masturbation harm a penis to get up? In other words, does masturbation affect uh, erectile function or um, your ability to get an erection? So that would really depend on 
how often are you masturbating in a day? If you are masturbating eight times today and then you go for your ninth time, you're going to have difficulty getting it up again, possibly. So that's a very general question, but generally speaking, masturbation does no harm. It does no harm. It does harm when it's done compulsively. It, because it interferes in different areas of your life. It's not that you're harming your penis per se, but you're training it to, um, to only respond to one kind of sensation, your hand or however you, you masturbate. And then when you get involved with somebody and they try to stimulate you, whether it's through intercourse or through some other form, then it would be, uh, difficult. But usually that it's difficulty with ejaculation and not difficulty with erections. Difficulty with erections would come from excessive masturbation and then trying to have an erection after that. So I don't know if that answers your question. If you give me more details, then maybe I could help you out a little bit more. Uh, Sean writes back, re the, uh, the Cialis says, yes, it works very well for a good 36 hours. That's the beauty of Cialis is that you take one pill and it's good for those 36 hours. Doesn't mean you have a 36 hour erection, but it's good for that. Whereas if you take something like Viagra, it's good that one time. <clears throat> um, but it's not cheap, about 12 to $15 a pill. I think cheaper than Viagra nonetheless, I believe. Uh, I long for the days when I was 15 years old again. I don't feel like a man because of ED and fear my partner who is 15 years my junior junior will leave me for a young stud. Help. So I get it's expensive, but I'm not sure what other options that you have. You might want to find out the price of the daily dose Cialis, because Cialis also has a, a five milligram dose that's taken every day. So it depends on how much sex you're actually having, I suppose. Uh, and check out the price of that. It, maybe it's cheaper. Um, I'm not sure. So you could try that. Hey, we all long for the days when we were 15 years old again and full of, uh, testosterone women too. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that we would long for, but we do age. That's the reality. And your penis doesn't determine whether you're a man or not. And maybe we could talk about this a little bit more. And would a partner leave you because you didn't function uh, completely? Uh, no, I don't think so. So uh, we could talk about that coming up. Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. You still have a little bit of time to get your questions in at 514-800. just want to go back to Sean, who uh, doesn't feel much like a man because he has trouble with his erections due to uh, blood pressure issues. So the uh, you have to speak to your doctor to see if it can be reversed through... Uh, diet and exercise and, and a healthy lifestyle. So that, that would be the first thing if you wanted to get off of the, uh, the use of Cialis. Getting to, I get, I sympathize, I empathize with the fact that you don't feel like a man, that it, often men tie in their manhood, masculinity to their ability to function sexually. 
but you forget that you are far more than your penis. And whatever partner is with you who loves you knows that and knows you are far more than their penis, than your penis. And you could give them pleasure in so many other ways that you have to focus on. If you avoid sexual contact, that will do something. But if you accept that this is your condition at this point and you you could get an erection with medication, so at least that's a possibility, uh, and offer your partner all kinds of other pleasure, mouth, hands, all of that, uh, why, why would your partner leave you if your partner loves you? So I don't know if anybody else wants to add something to that. Uh, is, uh, is there a cure for a curved penis? Texter wants to know. So it all depends what the curve is due. Are we talking about a slight curve, which is normal? Um, most men, many men have a, a, a slight curve to their uh, penis. They don't all, s- s- you know, stand up straight up. Uh, there is a slight curve. If there's a, a significant curve that causes you pain, discomfort, or difficulty with erections or with penetration uh, or pain with penetration, then we're talking about something else. Are we, ta- we, we may be talking about something called Peyronie's disease where there's scar tissue, which you could have at some point damaged your penis, developed scar tissue, and so there's a, a, a curve or a kink in your, in your penis, and that scar tissue can be removed, but again, it's, uh, it requires a, a, a surgical procedure. So you'd have to, I would need more information, and you can also speak to your doctor about that. Uh, another texter writes, my wife wanted to have another child after the two that we already had, a few years ago, I went along for the ride. Part of the ride I did not like. It was when I got to the place where I had to give my sperm. They had a defective porn streaming thing, no magazines, no nothing, and it was extremely uncomfortable. The final outcome was I had a low sperm count, and they wanted me to come back and do it again. And that's when I said, forget about it. So I don't know if you're just venting or uh, if you have a particular a question in this, I guess it would depend on how badly you want it. So men who have low sperm count, uh, sometimes uh, uh, in vitro fertilization, they take your sperm, they find the ones that are the swimmers, and then they match those up with the egg, and they, uh, they hope that uh, it will be fertilized. So it all depends on how badly, and I hope it didn't cause um, a conflict with you and your partner. Uh, someone else wants to know, do, do women masturbate like men do? Uh, you mean, do uh, women masturbate as much as men do? Um, some do and some don't. Some men masturbate a lot. Some men masturbate less. Some women masturbate a lot and some women much less or don't. So uh, there's no one answer. Uh, there's no one answer to that. Uh, Just Drew writes, I think men peak around their 20s because they love sex. Women peak in their later 30s because they realize what they've missed out for the last 10 years plus. Uh, No, actually, men and women peak at the same time, around 18, 19, 20. um, And we are talking about a testosterone peak. That's where we, um, men and women, young men and women, have their peak of testosterone. But we talk about women peaking later uh, when women feel more um, sure about their sexuality, feel more in control of their sexuality, they there's a, a it's more of a, a psychological peak for women. 
Another text writes, not everybody longs for younger days of rampant hormones. <laughs> Low sex drive means no interest in navigating the present dating scene with its STI dangers and shallow internet players. So yay for getting older and being content with se- without sex, a female. And that's perfectly fine. If you are content without sex and it doesn't bother you and this is where you're good, it's your happiness. You decide how you want to live life. I have no problem with that. Having said that, though, sex is good for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Texter writes, okay, the curved penis story is killing me. Why? It's common. I get that question a lot. Uh, another text, so the man who's worried about his younger partner leaving for a young stud, maybe he should think about giving a woman his own age a chance. Oh, uh, and that texter writes back, yes, in vitro and a whole bunch more money is what they wanted. And I was very happy to be lucky enough to have two kids. It's an, you know, I just having talked to a person today who's going through the whole in vitro process and was just telling me that after going through the pain, and this is a woman, injections and pain and all kinds of stuff to then miscarry after having spent $10,000 for one injection for one round of in vitro it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot to think about. It's, uh, it's a lot to think about. Uh, my wife and I are listening to the show, to your caller with erectile problems. My wife said honest, honesty, trustworthiness, loyalty, kindness, compassion, empathy, and a good heart is what defines one manhood to a woman, not his penis. And that's from Jim. And I say, way to go, Jim and Jim's wife. You are 100% right. I think a lot of people, a lot of men get, um, start to feel this way and bad things happen psychologically when they start to experience erectile dysfunction and then equate that with their entire masculinity and their entire feeling of, uh, of being, of what it is to be a man and then they get into uh, um, a funk and they get into depression and anxiety and they avoid and it is not helpful if you could only listen to partners who will tell you that that is not what a partner who loves you uh, will define you by. Absolutely not. So if that, if, if that is the case and that is what you, how your partner defines you and even though you offer yourself sexually in other ways, then I would say the problem is with your partner, uh, not, uh, not with your manhood. Lots of great questions tonight. Thank you all. Thank you. Uh, tomorrow night on the program, we've got uh, the Boys Club. So we've got some uh, interesting men in studio, and we'll address uh, some issues and stuff from a guy's perspective. But once again, I answer your questions at the very beginning of every show. So please send them in. Laurie at drlaurie.com is my email address, and I will be happy, happy, happy uh, to help you out. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Thanks for all of your wonderful texts. Thank you, of course, to our wonderful technical producer, Brian Kalisar. If you want to connect with me on social media, at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.